This is Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Welcome to Radio Plasma. I'm Johan Rashivega, and today is a very special day, being July 25th, 2019, a day that represents a historical series of events for Puerto Rico. And that is the reason today for having this special conversation about the events that are happening currently that are connected with other historical events and everything has to do with Puerto Rico. For this purpose, I want to welcome Natalia Muñoz, a journalist and news director of Holyoke Media. Hello, Johan. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here, Natalia. So today is a very important, significant day. Being with the historical context, 1952, the year that the Constitution of Puerto Rico is established and That is the beginning of Puerto Rico as Estado Libre Asociado, a concept that not necessarily translates exactly for the Commonwealth as it is known in, in English, but is the way it has been interpreted. But also today we are celebrating the victory of the effort of the people being organized and doing what it, what it has to be done in order to bring the beginning of an important transition, but this is a precedent like no other, I will say, in the history of Puerto Rico. That's right. And as you know, Johan, in Puerto Rico, we have had large demonstrations against, say, in the 90s against selling the telephone company that used to belong to the people of Puerto Rico. We've had demonstrations, um, uh, bueno, big ones for, for different reasons, but never have we had half a million or even a million in the same week, two different manifestations, marches, where people rejected corruption. And, este, and in Puerto Rico, you know, everybody's on Twitter, everybody's on Facebook, and Puerto Rico showed, okay, you can be on Twitter, you can be on Facebook, you can Instagram, but you have to show up. It's important to show up. And that's what happened in Puerto Rico. People showed up. And if they could not get to San Juan to show up and to keep demanding that the governor resign, this governor who uh, headed a corrupt administration, not only an administration of, of, of people who speak uh, in, uh, harshly and with such contempt about people who are in the LGBT community, people who are in other political parties, or Someone, people who are obese, uh, people who are women. It's just this, this contempt that he and his top aides, cabinet members, and top advisors, some of them who are not part of the government, but have contracts with the government. It's not just that. It's the corruption already. Now, he's not even three years into his first term. Already people have been arrested for mismanagement or misappropriation of public funds. Uh, the education secretary, Johan, 
the Secretary of Education was arrested. The director of the uh, government agency that oversees Medicaid payments was arrested. This governor, Ricardo Rosselló, who just resigned, is the son of the most corrupt governor we have had in our democratic history. The first Rosselló, Pedro Rosselló, had 40 people go to prison for stealing millions of dollars. Let's see how many are going to go to prison from this administration. And I want to refer to what you said earlier. Yes, today, July 25th, is a day that has, it has so much history. Today, Puerto Rico wakes up to the resignation of a corrupt governor who did not want to leave, but it took almost two weeks of massive pro protest to convince him he is not wanted, he has to leave. Uh, and the pr protest also pressured the legislature, which is from the same party, which was moving very slowly, to finally relent and say, we're going to have to impeach you we're going to have to start the impeachment process if you do not resign. So he finally resigned. So this 25th of July, 2019, a governor submits his resignation. 25th of July, uh, 1978, two young boys, two young men, were killed by police in Cerro Maravilla, which is in the mountains of Puerto Rico. Why? Because they believed in independence for Puerto Rico. July 25th, as you mentioned earlier, 1952, that is when we established the uh, Commonwealth status. I, um, that's the first time the flag of Puerto Rico is raised along the American flag. Before that, it was only the American flag that was raised in Puerto Rico. July 25th, 1898, that is when the Americans come to Puerto Rico, to our shores, and say, this belongs to us. Nobody asked us. We were working towards autonomy from Spain when the Spanish-American War uh, broke out. And that war lasted just a couple of months, and by the time it was over, Spain had given us to the United States. The United States, General Nelson Miles, who's from Western Massachusetts, led the troops into Puerto Rico. So today is a day that, depending what your views are, you, you're, you exalt in happiness, or you're, or you're sad, or you're a combination, because Good things happened, tragic things happened, or all tragic things happened on this day, 25th of July. And thinking about this last statement, uh, for some people it may seem like too extreme seeing a governor having to resign after so much and so strong ways of protest by not only the people in Puerto Rico, but also the, the, the diaspora in all United States, and even in different countries where Puerto Ricans are settled. And yet they may think, oh, but it was because those messages, you are not overreacting to it. But it's not as simple as that. Those messages were just the top cherry of the cake. Yes. That, yeah. that is a, a huge cake, a huge cake that has been slowly cooking and slowly, uh, and slowly being prepared just for the, for the pleasure and the luxury of that class, 
that upper social class that has been designed the way to make the laws and to make government their, their safe space to protect themselves from impunity, from all sort of atrocities against the Puerto Rican people. Very well said. Yes, it was for the bourgeois class of Puerto Rico, the people who run for public office saying, I'm going to help you, you who are poor. I'm going to provide better public education. I'm going to provide better public health care system, better housing. Sort of like the trinity of what people need to have a good life. These people came and stole from the people of Puerto Rico and also the people of the United States because Puerto Rico receives federal money. So it was the taxpayers in, in Puerto Rico, taxpayers in Puerto Rico, but stealing money from programs, from agencies that are to help people who live in poverty, which is how most people in Puerto Rico live. This bourgeois class of entitled, uh, mostly men, I hope that this peaceful revolution that we have seen in Puerto Rico I hope it, it is sustained because for a long time I've been saying we need to create a culture of public service. We don't have that culture. We have a culture where people get into public office to, to get contracts, to, to steal money, to become millionaires, to, to try to influence who gets the bid for what contract. And we're talking millions of dollars. This younger generation, I've I just been feeling so so proud that this younger generation, this young generation of rap, of rap loving people, uh, you know, Bad Bunny and Residente, they wrote a song that said it spelled it out so clearly that we reject, we reject these people. These kind of people, these kinds of people who say they're public servants, they're not. They're thieves. They, they they steal not only money, they, st they, they make some people cynical. They make some people think it's not worth voting because we're, we're always going to have, you know, it doesn't matter what the party is, there's always some corruption. It does matter. Not every single person is corrupt. And I would say not every person in the pro-statehood uh, party that this outgoing governor uh, used to lead is corrupt. We need to see people as individuals. We can't just say all of the pro-statehood people who are in public service are corrupt. That is not true. All the people who believe in, in Commonwealth status are not corrupt. And all the people who believe in independence are not corrupt or smarter or more compassionate. We can't, we can't fall into that. Uh, you know, we recently had a march here in Holyoke in support of people in Puerto Rico asking for the resignation of the governor. And it was very interesting that one of the city councilors, James Leahy at large, said, what happens in Puerto Rico is felt here in Holyoke. And I would say what happens here in Holyoke is also felt in Puerto Rico. And we are all connected. The Puerto Ricans who live in the United States with the Puerto Ricans who live on the island. And the decisions we make here to vote or not vote have direct repercussions what happens in Puerto Rico. And that also shows that the Puerto Rican people in Holyoke, when they show up, they are heard and seen 
and they're strong. That presence is something that we need to see and hear and feel more often, every day. Because that's, that's what is lacking. And I think overall, this is what this peaceful revolution, as you mentioned, very accurately, is about making those statements by taking action. And taking action in thoughts of making progress. Not only because we, have, we need to have a revolution. Yeah, feels good, but it feels better when you actually accomplish something positive out of that. Johan, this was the first time in my life I heard hundreds of thousands of Puerto Ricans in agreement, no to homophobia, no to misogyny, not just no to corruption, but also no to that moral corruption where bullying is an accepted form of, 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 of social interaction where it's accepted to make fun, to, to speak contemptuously of people who are different than you. This is the first time in our history in Puerto Rico that we have hundreds of thousands of people agreeing that human rights, that means everybody. That means every person. It doesn't just mean to the, the traditional, the man and the woman este, in marriage sort of like the Christian vision of what a family is. I'm, again, I'm just so proud. And people here in Holyoke, you know, there were, there were lots of people at the, at the, at the manifestation the other day here in Holyoke, and then I saw them again in Springfield. There were so many in Holyoke that then a bunch also went to the Springfield manifestation. And it shows we are no matter what we believe for Puerto Rico, independence or the current status of that's known as commonwealth or pro-statehood, we agree. There has to be respect. And there cannot be corruption. And misogyny, and you know, I come from a very a misogynistic culture, you know, the, the, what's known as the cat calls, the mira mami, ay que buena tu estas, ay, that is, is sexual predator behavior that has to stop. So again, what was achieved in Puerto Rico to make a governor resign, let's hope that it can be sustained so we continue this change. So that it doesn't end with, okay, he resigned, we're all good, let's all go home and go back to whatever was, will continue to be. Yeah, because the, the point of having this, and he may say, I am resigning when we have to remember he's not resigning. He was fired by the people. He was dismissed because he is not fit to represent the people of Puerto Rico. He is not fit to be an elected person who is a law-abiding and just simply someone who earns any type of respect. I was thinking, Johan... Why, you know, you, you know Puerto Rico also. You lived in Puerto Rico. Why did it take this man so long to resign? You're right, he was fired. What, what was going on? What was he waiting for? One thing that I see, because coming from a culture that is no so different about how the social classes and the political game is so rigged, It felt like 
he was thinking maybe I can get away with it and remain in office for for as long as my, my term is still on. But I guess he was advised to finally go ahead and get out while you can. It's what, you know, in Puerto Rico, we call un blanquito. And to be a blanquito, you don't have to have white skin. It is, to see, it's like saying a little white person. And to say, it's, it's, a, it's a way of saying, oh, he's blanquito, he's white. That means all negative things. It means that he's, he feels entitled. It means that he is disrespectful of people. It means he's out of touch. And the Rosello family are a family of blanquitos. Mm -hmm. They could be, este, they could have the skin, cinnamon skin. They could be black. And they would still, if they conducted, the way they've conducted themselves, they would still be blanquitos. It's that, that aura that they think that they're entitled to. It's like, I stepped into the room, everybody sit, everybody do what I say. And, you know, the father back in the 90s, and I was a reporter in Puerto Rico back then, Uh, with a couple of newspapers, used to say, el pueblo habla y yo obedezco. The people speak and I obey. That was a lie. But the media repeated it. It reminds me of the media today with Trump. That Trump tweets crazy, cruel things and the media repeats it and doesn't question it. Um, he, he, they make fun of him, maybe, but they don't present it as... This is a man that has a serious psychological problems, and he's cruel. Something similar happened in Puerto Rico in the 90s, where people were just, oh my, yeah, Rosselló, you know, he says, oh, the, you know, the people speak and he obeys. Right, that's why 40 people went to prison for stealing hundreds of millions of dollars. And he said, even though these were people in his cabinet and these were close advisors, he said in the end, I had no idea. So what does that mean? That he's stupid? Does he mean that he... Maybe it was a witness, and he got away with it because he pointed the FBI to who was taking money. Does it mean that he really just... I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you can say something like that. I don't know how you can say that you didn't know that 40 people in your administration were stealing hundreds of millions of dollars. And have no idea. And have no idea. And have no idea. And he's, you know, he slept in the Lincoln bedroom. When Hillary and, and Bill Clinton were in the White House, he bought a ticket into the Lincoln bedroom. Where'd that money come from? So, okay. I'm very happy that finally, this July 25th, in 2019, we can say the Rosselló family, which is a poison in our history, in Puerto Rican history, we have finally inoculated ourselves against it. We have finally rejected it. We are no longer taken by their phrases that sound so, uh, that, that sound so reassuring. We're not drawn by their, their charisma. We have seen them for who they are. They're a poison for the people of Puerto Rico. They are corrupt. And it's not that they say bad words, because, Johan, I mean, I say bad words. It's the way that this former governor with the son, with his friends, it's how they spoke about other people. It's not that they called the mayor of San Juan a whore. It's how they, it's the, it's the way that they did that, as a way to try to humiliate her without her being in the room. I'm not a fan of the San Juan mayor, but I do believe she has a right 
to be treated with respect when she's the point of a conversation among the, the governor of Puerto Rico and his uh, cabinet members. There should be that. There should be that fundamental respect. And this, at the end, is, I think, a generational problem in this class of people where they feel, yeah, being entitled and feel that I can get away with anything I do because it's me. <laughs> and even when their question is like, why? What did I do wrong? I asked for forgiveness, and that should be enough, right? It was interesting when you say that, Johan, because, yes, he, eh, Ricardo Rosello did ask for forgiveness. He said he was sorry, and he also said, but, hey, I was in a private conversation. This should not even have come out into the public light. And my reaction was, if you really are sorry, then you would have said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said those misogynistic things. I shouldn't have said those homophobic things. I shouldn't have called people those names. I shouldn't have made fun of this obese man. I'm sorry for that. And I'm going to call each and every one of them, and I'm going to apologize to them directly. Instead, he said, I'm sorry, but it was a private conversation, and it shouldn't have been out in public. And you're right, because he thought, I, I can do whatever I want. He was raised thinking that. I mean, in some ways, it's, you know, did you see the interview on Fox News with Shepard Smith? What do you think? It's just unbelievable how someone can be so cynical and at the same time, so ignorant, so ignorant that I almost felt sorry for him, almost, but yeah. not quite. <laughs> Because at the same time, it's like, yes, that's what you get for being that type of person and not doing the minimal effort to learn about the world that you live in. I agree with you. I almost felt sorry for him. I almost, but then I remembered he has done such damage to Puerto Rico. There were people who died because he did not prepare Puerto Rico for Hurricane Maria. And his father, who 20 years earlier, almost 30 years earlier, who stole whose administration stole hundreds of millions of dollars, who took out loans that could not be repaid, and that's why there's a fiscal control board, because we weren't paying the loan. They didn't take care of the grid. So here comes Maria, and the grid goes like this. So the, Hurricane Maria was always going to be destructive. A Hurricane 4, Hurricane 5 category is always going to do a lot of damage. But almost 5,000 people dying because hospitals couldn't open, because diesel couldn't be delivered to clinics or to hospitals to, for the generators to kick in so people could get their treatment for diabetes or for cancer or for whatever else. And this governor who denied that for the longest time how many people had died as a consequence of Maria and the grid not working as a consequence of his father being a thief also. I think people, the pent-up anger, it's not from Maria. It's coming from decades decades of being stepped on and disregarded and insulted. And finally, this younger generation of 20 and 30-somethings did what the, the 50 and the 60-year-olds wouldn't do. They stood up. They stood up to the power. And then they became the power of Puerto Rico. And all of us, the five million of us who are here in the United States, because we can't find jobs in Puerto Rico, because the economic situation in Puerto Rico has gotten worse and worse. And remember that 
something like 2,000 Puerto Ricans have came to Holyoke after Hurricane oh. Maria to see those Puerto Ricans, you know, yoga classes, you know, in front of the La Fortaleza, the governor's mansion, on kayaks off in the bay in front of the governor's mansion, on the streets at all hours, you know, holding up signs, the memes that came out, some of them are just so, this is so great. I think that they were undercover police who were creating violence because that's something historically, that's what happens. Yeah, that's the, the MO. Yeah, exacto. You know, if you see somebody with a, covering their face with, with, with um, este, a handkerchief or you know, covering their face, that's an undercover police officer who wants to start trouble so the police can then start with the rubber bullets and the tear gas. And to see all these people chant and be together, and it didn't matter their religion, are they straight, are they gay, do they believe in statehood, independence, young, old, este, they were all together saying the same thing, believing in a better Puerto Rico, believing that there is a better Puerto Rico, and the first step to get there is for this uh, Ricardo Rosselló to resign as governor, and he finally, he finally did. And now, waiting for August 2nd to be the moment when we will see his departure. What's next? Right now, what's happening is uh, the person who's next in line to become the governor would be the Secretary of State, but that position is open. Next in line is the Secretary of, of Justice, the sort of the Attorney General. She's being investigated right mm -hmm. now for dereliction of duties regarding these containers that had supplies, uh, water, blankets, medicine, for people uh, after Hurricane Maria. And I'm not, oh, I'm not sure who's next in line. But so what's next now is that we're on a journey to figure out, yeah, who is next in line? Because we've never had to think about who's next in line. We've never even had to think about how do we get a corrupt person out of office? We're making it up as we're going along and we're doing it peacefully. And it's, it gives me a lot of hope also for the United States. Yes. Fantastic. Twitter, what I said at the beginning, you know, be on your social media, share, but show up. Puerto Rico showed the world, you have to show up. Este, our liberation will not be complete until there are human rights in Puerto Rico. We've just begun. And this will take time. This is not going to happen from one week to the next. But it has begun. We have begun our journey to the, to the moon. And at the same time, when you mentioned that this is exactly what it needs to happen in the United States, I'm not only thinking about the federal environment, I'm seeing this in our local environment as well, in Holyoke, where Puerto Rico needs to show up and needs to make those statements and needs to make sure that if change is needed, it has to happen by showing up exactly the same way it happened a week ago. That's right. You know, the, we didn't get to the 1965 Civil Rights Act, the, the, the Voting Rights Act, by people on social media. It didn't exist. People had to show up. People had to stay, you know, lose money from their jobs 
People had to get on buses and travel a long ways from the south of this country to Washington, D.C. to say, I am a human being, and I have every right to have exactly the same rights as that person with white skin. This complaint of it's too far, it's too difficult, no, 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 no. No, it's not. I'll tell you when it was difficult. Go to the library, look up the history books. It was more difficult than you can ever imagine. And people sti still showed up. And that's what we have to do. That's exactly what we have to do, is show up. <laughs> so today is a, is a good day. Good day to reflect, to enjoy the moment, and use this as a, a drive to continue looking forward and figuring out how we can continue improving the path for a better society, wherever we are. Because Puerto Rico is everywhere Puerto Ricans are. And it has been shown and felt. So this is a day to celebrate and to continue, to continue growing as a society. Thank you so much, Natalia, for, for sharing your, your thoughts today and to have this moment to make a pause and look back to the different events, most of them sad, even tragic. But it's the way we evolve, the way we grow up, the way we mature. And it feels good. Thank you, Johan, for this opportunity. This session has been recorded in the studios of New England Media Lab inside Gateway City Arts in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Thank you to Natalia Muñoz. I'm Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Mm -hmm.